Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are trending lower this morning following a pullback on Wall Street overnight. Seoul is down nearly half a percent. Sydney and Tokyo in the red as well. Concerns about inflation and the Omicron variant of COVID-19 are once again weighing on markets. Joining me now for a closer look at all the market action, including some very interesting corporate stories right here at home, he's Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. Now, we begin this morning with an unusual story of a catalyst-listed company that is set to hold an extraordinary general meeting tomorrow with one item on the agenda, vote out the current directors. However, if the resolution passes, the company will be in violation of SGX rules because it won't have any directors to lead it. So how can this be? The company is called QT Vascular. It focuses on medical technology. It's also in the middle of a bid to take over the Asia Dental Group. Now, bear that in mind as the proposed acquisition has a role to play in this story. But first, Ryan, tell us how is that a Singapore-listed company could be left directorless? This is quite a saga that I'm going to try to summarize as best as I can. So essentially, you've got two camps. One trying to stay in control, the existing um, board and management. The other is another group which is trying to have a makeover or revamp the current board of directors to introduce their own management. So here you have a bit of conflict and what's been happening in the backdrop is the camp that has been trying to get the change in management, they've been asking for EGMs to make those changes. And through those EGMs, there was a pitch to introduce new directors and to remove the existing ones. So in the course of the disputes, um, there's been some drama of the EGMs. Initially, they could not get their resolution passed because they could not get the 50% votes. Then, after the vote was done, they bought enough shares to get enough of a majority vote to kind of say, hey, we now have enough say in matters. And after that, they managed to push through some of those changes. And here we have one of those proposals to remove the directors has been gone forth with. And now you have a situation where you are pending an EGM for new directors to be introduced coming from the new camp. Great summary. It is complex. Now, at the heart of this story is a bid by QT Vascular to place new shares at a steep discount to the company's current share price and then use the funds to buy a 60% stake in the Asia Dental Group, which operates three clinics in Singapore. The group also provides medical and consultancy services to Singapore government entities. So, Ryan, just how steep of a discount in this private share placement are we talking about? Okay, this is a more straightforward answer. So, here you have QT Vascular trying to issue more than 4 billion new shares and this would be at around 0.18 cents each in a private placement and that will mean I'm looking at a 64% discount to the volume weighted average price on 25th of May just before the announcement of a deal. 64% discount. Okay, straightforward there, but huge. As we see two groups battling over leadership of this catalyst list, a company, Ryan, tell us, is QT Vascular even profitable? Okay, so if you look at the latest numbers, the short answer is no. So it has reported for its latest third quarter a net loss 
um, at 596,000 US dollars. The good news is it's managed to narrow that loss from over $3 million in the same quarter a year ago. For revenue-wise, it posted no revenue for the three months ended September compared with revenue of 145,000 US dollars in the same period a year ago. So you have a bit of a company under pressure. So quite a bit of drama, quite a bit of um, issues for you to sort out. The current QT Vascular Directors declared late last night they will not respect the validity of tomorrow's EGM. That won't stop it from going forward, though. If the vote is successful and the current directors are voted out, we will look next to see how regulators at the Singapore Exchange react. In the meantime, if you'd like to read more about this saga, you can check out an article on Shenton Wire titled QT Vascular's EGM is a drama set to make the heart race. Nice headline. All right, next up this morning, we turn to a better known and much larger Singapore listed company, but really one that's been having problems in the boardroom and with its bottom line. I'm talking about city developments. Now, a little over a year ago, three of CDL's directors quit the company in a dispute over its investments in China's Sincere Group. Now, since then, the developer has been trying to write the course, and there are signs now that its troubles could be behind it. Two months ago, CDL sold off its stake in Sincere and then Yesterday, it announced plans to sell a five-star hotel property in Seoul. Can you tell us about this latest deal? All right. So let's take a, take a look at the deal. We've got a hotel, 22-story um, hotel in Seoul's downtown business district. And they have plans to sell it at a price of 1.1 trillion won. That is around $1.26 billion. So this would mark the property group's fourth hotel divestment under the Millennium and Copton Hotels limited portfolio since its privatization. So it is also the largest hotel divestment to date. So it is all part of its plans to recycle capital to what it calls unlock latent value from its long-held assets. Investors applauded the deal. CDL shares rose as much as 2.7% yesterday, and this on a day when the overall market was down. Ryan, one of our colleagues here at Business Times penned a story today that argues that CDL's troubles are behind it and that the company can, quote, enter 2022 with a spring in its step. What do you think? Do you agree? Yeah, so let's take a look at what CDL itself is saying. So they are sounding quite optimistic and they stressed that the latest deal was done at a pretty good time and a pretty good price. And they remain confident of the recovery in global hospitality with pent-up demand on the horizon. So they are expecting a bit of a bounce and they say they will continue to review and fine-tune their portfolio to continue to grow and transform. And if you look at the numbers backing it up, there is an argument for it. Uh, It is, if you look at the article, it points out that the investment property segments was profitable for CDL in the first half of 2021. And its hotel operations, though, um, posted a loss of $143 But if you look at the operating metrics for CDL's hotels, they have been improving. So in the third quarter, we are looking at revenue per available room up 117% from a year ago to $92. So you have that in the in focus of how that might possibly be um, continuing to recover and go up as you get a recovery in the wider um, industry as well as with border restrictions um, continuing 
continuing to be eased. So that's good news on the hotel front. And now you have the um, so-called abundance of liquidity as it continues to divest some of its properties. So that's going to mean potential uh, investment opportunities or acquisitions for CDL down the road. So 2022 is going to be quite interesting for CDL after quite a hard time in the past few years. Next on our corporate watch list, a high-profile Chinese AI firm that was supposed to go public in Hong Kong, but whose plans have been thrown into disarray. The company is called Sense Time. It's all about facial recognition. And it was planning to raise more than 750 million US dollars. Ryan, what threw a wrench in its plans? Yeah, essentially bad time for Sense Time because mm. you have issues beyond its control affecting its IPO plans. So this was with the view that SenseTime was planning to go for an IPO on Friday. It was supposed to price its IPO last Friday. That did not happen, so there were already no signs of this um, being derailed. And since then, on Saturday, it released a statement saying the firm is caught in the middle of geopolitical disputes and it will take appropriate action to protect the interests of the company and its stakeholders. And since that statement, it has said it will issue refunds to retail investors who have been trying to invest in the IPO and it will also update the prospectus with an updated listing timetable and other relevant information. So in the backdrop is how the U.S., was at the same day of his IPO this Friday, supposedly, reportedly um, going to blacklist Sense Time for its role, alleged role, in creating facial recognition software used in the oppression of Uyghur Muslims in the Xinjiang region. So that's something that would have put um, Sense Time in a bad light, especially among international investors. So not a great timing for an IPO if you're going to be on a blacklist at the same time. So something mm. that really just um, threw a spanner in the works. And since time was trying to raise as much as $768 million from listing, if you've got that piece of bad news in the backdrop, that's not going to spell good news for day one. Sense Time is going to have to refund those retail investors now who had subscribed for the listing. Now, the company hasn't given up on its plans to go public and it plans to put out a new prospectus and an updated timeline. We're going to have more corporate news in a moment. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. We're going to zoom out and take a look at the overall markets now. U.S. stocks pulled back from their record highs overnight. Tech and energy counters led the way lower. The Nasdaq fell 1.4%. The Dow and S&P 500 dropped nearly 1%. So Ryan, US markets enjoyed their biggest best week last since last February mm. uh, in this last week. So why has sentiment soured? Yeah, I think you can take a pick of reasons. Uh, one, it's that time of the year when you have just lower liquidity, people already going for holidays. So any moves will be exaggerated now with thin trading volume. And mm. then you have the possible factor of how people might be just taking money off the table. After what you mentioned, a strong run. People just thinking, hey, it's time to take some profits, buy my Christmas presents and whatnot. So that could be another reason. And if you look at all the jitters in the markets, that's giving the perfect excuse. Uh, for one, you've got the Omicron variant in the UK that is taking a turn for the worse. If you look at what's happening on the um, China front, you've got another developer in the crosshairs, and that is Shimao Group. Its bonds and stocks plunged without any 
real reason being cited. So that sent jitters across industry trying to figure out what's happening and had a bit of a spillover effect into the rest of the market. So that's another reason. And if you look at the riskier assets in play, um, that's something that seemed to be reflecting a risk-off mode as people just dumped all the likes of Bitcoin, AMC and the likes. Meme stocks you mentioned um, were among the biggest losers though overnight. Can you share some examples? Okay, so we are looking at the likes of AMC Entertainment down nearly 15%. GameStop tumbling 14%. Uh, If you look at Bitcoin, that's been seesawing back and forth every hour. But if you look at the wider trend for the past few days and maybe even the month, it's down uh, around 30% for Bitcoin prices for the month and nearly 8% for Bitcoin. So you are looking at riskier assets just taking a bit of a breather or even investors taking profit from this segment as they try to figure out what's going to happen um, in this heavy or central bank action as well, where we might see the signals for more interest rate hikes down the road. Sooner than expected, perhaps in January. Now, investors' focus once again turns to inflation uh, with the Fed tonight and tomorrow. Help us understand what is on the calendar. Okay, 20 central banks in action. So right at the center of it is the FOMC. We'll find out by Thursday morning Singapore time what they will be doing. Uh, By and large, widely expected to quicken the pace of tapering. And that will in turn set up the pace or set up the stage for um, interest rate hikes to come sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. The market's pricing in two next year, one in June and one possibly in November. Um, on top of that, you've got the dot plot ratio. That will give a bit of a glimpse into the outlook for the economy in the US and also signals and commentary from the Q&A segment when Fed Chair Jerome Powell talks to the press. And that will be where he'll be asked about all things under the umbrella, what he thinks about Omicron, China, cryptocurrency. So that has the potential to steer some segments of the market. So a lot to watch out for just on the FOMC alone. And also, if you look at what's happening elsewhere on the calendar, what's worth watching today is the gaming conference that's coming, uh, Mm. that's um, playing out in the next three days. That is the China Game Industry Annual Conference in Guangzhou. So that is, of course, with the um, crackdowns underway in the gaming industry. So that could give a bit of a direction for the likes of Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft on the type of regulations that might be in play in the years to come. Another one to watch out for is the Oppo Eno Day. And this is the smartphone company, number four smartphone maker in the world. So they are expected to launch its first foldable phone. It's a rollable phone. So rollable? Just imagine your current phone. It's a bit of a rectangle block, right? Mm-hmm. And how it works is you don't unfold it. You stretch it side to side. So it becomes ah. a square. So you almost slide it from right. left to right. Yeah. So you don't have the thickness of a folded phone. But if you want it to be a square, you just need to pull it and then the screen stretches into a square. So that's quite interesting. Just what I need. My phone turned into a Rubik's Cube. Yes, I'm sure that will happen one day as well. <laughs> a cube phone. So <laughs> it's the latest innovation in the market. So maybe interesting to watch out for. Why would you need that? 
So that you don't have to turn it horizontally and then the other way when you take photos and videos? Well, it gives you more real estate when you want to browse or check out emails or type. So that's one. I guess it saves space as well from a thickness of folding. So you just need to stretch it out to make it a wider phone. All right, I'll check out the stretchable phone. Let's turn to the world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain. The crypto platform Binance has given up gaining regulatory approval here in Singapore. This despite previous plans to have its global headquarters here. So where is Binance turning to now, Ryan? Yeah, so it's buy to Binance. So they are apparently looking at Dubai. So this is going to reports where they are tying up with the government of Dubai for crypto-related activities. And this is interesting because the CEO, Chang Peng Zhao, has a apartment in that place where mm. he has described the country as very pro-crypto and he bought the apartment to show Binance's or his commitment to the city. So it's interesting to see how this is playing out after Binance said they are withdrawing the application for a license in Singapore. A big U-turn less than a month when he said he's not leaving Singapore. So that could be the next destination for Binance in terms of finding a headquarters. Dubai, hey? Apparently very pro-crypto. One more story from the world of crypto this morning, and it has to do with Bitcoin versus Dogecoin. Surprise, surprise, Elon Musk at the center of it. He's touting one token over the other for when it comes to making transactions. So Ryan, which one does he prefer, Bitcoin or Dogecoin? Yeah, so this has left me me scratching my head. So he's going with Dogecoin. The coin um, you might be familiar with, um, made popular by the Shiba Inu dog. So that is interesting because it started as a joke coin and doesn't have the, in a way, popularity of Bitcoin in the mainstream system. So he's saying Dogecoin is better because the cost for transactions is lower. So I'm not sure how he's quantifying it. Uh, maybe he's thinking about the pollution or ESG standards, but he's saying oh, this is a better currency for Dogecoin. So maybe that could be enough to drive up uh, the price of Dogecoin. And finally, two stories now of old school companies that are making interesting forays into modern spaces. The first, Nike, uh, the shoemaker, taking a first step into the metaverse. How so? Okay, so Nike is buying a virtual collectibles company, basically a company that makes NFT. So it is a company called RTFKT, and this is a company that creates digital products like sneakers and uses blockchain technology to ensure what you're buying is genuine. So that is, I think, going to be the start of many companies trying to muscle their way into the metaverse. Indeed. Uh, an original virtual speaker. Sneaker, I should say. Speakers are next. And finally today, Harley Davidson in what is perhaps a sign of the times the bike maker is prepared to spin off one of its divisions. Which one? So this is the electric motorcycle division through a merger with a spec. It's called Livewire and it is with a merger with AEA Bridges Impact, and this will give it a value of 1.8 billion US dollars. And I am quite curious about the Harley Davidson bike because you might be familiar with how electric cars don't have the type of noise level of the combustible engines. So I'm curious how this sounds, or were they 
manufacture a synthetic um, no, raw. Yeah, I know. What's a Harley without that raw? Thanks very much. He's Ryan Huang. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.